this be one of the best moments of your life. You're listening to the Business Mirror Podcast for a broader look on business with Senior Editor Dennis Estopase. Welcome to the Business Mirror BM Brother Look Podcast. For today's podcast, we talked to Business Mirror reporter Kai Ordinario, who wrote the Brother Look story titled Family, Faith, 45 Filipinos Against Pandemic and Perfidy, which was published on December 30, 2020. For the text version online, please go to www.businessmirror.com.ph and search for Broder Look. For the print edition, please read the Business Mirror newspaper. Let's get on with the story. Good day, Kai. For our listeners' information, please tell us how long have you been covering the macroeconomic beat and what's this beat all about? Hello. Um, I have been covering the macroeconomy for 15 years. The primary focus of this beat is the National Economic and Development Authority, the country's socio-economic planning agency, uh, as well as its as its attached agencies, such as the Philippine Statistics Authority, the POPCOM, the Philippine Institute for Development Studies. Uh, PIDS, of course, is the government's think tank. In terms of topic, macroeconomic stories uh, focus on the overall state or health of the economy, uh, statistics, researches done by local and international think tanks, and the activities of multilaterals such as the Asian Development Bank, the World Bank, among others. So you focus more on uh, gross domestic product, economic issues, those those are the major topics that you cover. Yes. Okay, for, for this story titled Family Faith, 45 Filipinos against pandemic perfidy. We we hope to present uh, what what keeps Filipinos uh, resilient, right? Yes. And you zoom in on Arlene, a mother of two. How is Arlene situated in that story? Um, Arlene's uh, three of Arlene's family and immediate family members: her husband, mother, and eldest son. Uh, contracted COVID-19. So her husband was asymptomatic. Her mother uh, showed all the symptoms of the virus uh, while her son contracted severe COVID-19. So her husband was placed in a quarantine facility for three months. Uh, Her mother, who lives in Quezon City, had to be monitored round the clock by a cousin who's working as a nurse. their family decided against confining her mother to prevent her from getting worse. Her son, meanwhile, kept his entire ordeal from his mother. Arlene only learned of his condition after he survived COVID-19. So, I I think that story, just uh, the background of Arlene, um, tells the, uh, this, the, this, the same story of the, the thousands of families who experienced a loved one getting sick. How old is Arlene? She's in her early 40s. Early 40s, she's living in... Manila. Manila. We can say that she presents a microcosm of a family under pandemic. Yes, yes. During the pandemic. So, um, she's a representative. So, the infections or 
illness that befell her three three of her loved ones happened in the course of how many months or weeks? Yung husband niya got sick. Well, not really. Kasi random check ng, ng ano eh. Random check yun ng August. Mm-hmm. So, it happened around September. Tapos, yung mother niya sumunod din parang mga after that. Hindi siya masyadong specific about the, the dates. But, um, that was her, ano, to her mind, yun yung, yun yung naging order. Tapos, with the, with the sickness of her son, hindi niya alam kung kailan nangyari. Nangyari, uh, she only learned about his condition, yung ordeal ng anak niya. After, after nag-survive. Oh, yeah. So, hindi siya aware at all kung kailan, saan, or... But we can say that uh, it happened within uh, a yes, short, span of, short period. Span of, of uh, three months. Months. So during the during the time that uh, her husband was confined in a quarantine facility, um, from September that was from September until November, um, everything happened at that time. And that's why you said uh, Ar- Arlene's world fell apart. Yeah, that's what uh, she said because she didn't know who she will go to first or attend to first her husband her mother then after she learned about her son then she also had she also worried about the recovery how how her son is uh, recovering from covid-19 and that's uh, very uh, sad for a mother yes of course you you also noted that Arlene ultimately was covid-19's first victim in the family. Uh-huh. So, how so? How so was that? Yeah, she was the first victim of the pandemic in her family because she lost her job as early as March. So, if you can recall, that was the time when the government decided to impose a lockdown to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So, apart from her, her losing her job, the burden of worrying about family members who contracted the virus made her depressed. On top of that, she said no help from the government came. Na, uh, their, their entire community, the community that she belongs to in Manila, uh, did not receive any ayuda or, um, from the government. They just, uh, yeah, aid. Uh, they just kept their DSWD stubs that made them eligible for the assistance. But it never materialized into cash. And so, Arlene is, uh, also symbolizes the joblessness. Yes. Yeah. yes. And how does the government paint, how did government paint the joblessness in, during that time? The National Economic and Development Authority estimated that a total of 4.5 million Filipinos became jobless in the whole of 2020. Mm-hmm. So this was based on the data released by the PSA, the Philippine Statistics Authority, that there were 3.81 million Filipinos unemployed in October. Mm-hmm. So the World Bank also said a large share of the breadwinners remained jobless even after the government started easing community quarantines. So because of this, 
the World Bank said uh, this could increase poverty to around 22.6 percent in 2020. Um, this was based on um, the 22.6% estimate of the World Bank is based on their own metric mm-hmm. of uh, an income of $3.2 per day. That's, That's the poverty, uh, line. poverty line, yes, for lower middle income countries like the Philippines. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the World Bank said uh, a lot of uh, breadwinners remain jobless. Yeah, yeah, that is the that is the main reason for their expectation that there would be an increase in poverty. And without jobs, people wouldn't have money to spend, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, what, um, what would happen to the consumption? Yeah, we already saw that in the third and second uh, quarter economic performance when household final consumption expenditure contracted 9.3% and 15.3% respectively. So, of course, second quarter was worse than the third, no? Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, the third quarter data showed that even people of means, no? Yung, those who were... Who rich. Yeah, rich, no? Like <laughs> no, <laughs> not like <laughs> me. <laughs> Probably like you. <laughs> so, they weren't buying the the valuables like um, heirloom jewelry and they weren't buying yeah they weren't buying because the valuables index under consumption uh contracted 53.2 percent that's big yes very big big. it was actually the it posted actually the largest decline in Mm. that uh in that part of the gdp So what 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 is household final final consumption expenditure? Can you explain that? Mm-hmm. Um, household final final consumption expenditure is basically household spending. Okay. Yes. It measures the measures measures the consumption of families or uh, private individuals. Yes, what they buy uh, for luxury or for basic mm-hmm. um, basic uh, needs. So it meant that uh, even rich Filipinos were saving or yes. not spending much. They're the, basically just holding on to whatever cash they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if uh, during the third quarter there was an easing of uh, mobility. Uh, mobility. Yes. So, but. but Uh, that's an, one measure. The another measure is the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, right? Yes, yes. The Banco Central ng Pilipinas or the central banks, uh, they had a they had a consumer expectation survey which showed that Filipinos were less optimistic in the fourth quarter of the year. Um, which is it was better November, than I, October to December, right? Yes, that's okay. October to to December. Uh, yeah, so it improved, but it's still very pessimistic at negative forty-seven point nine percent. From in the fourth quarter, from negative fifty-four point five percent in the third quarter. So the third quarter, that means majority of uh, the people more than half. Yes. Yeah, more than half. More than half were very pessimistic about. Uh, consuming. 
even if that quarter is all already considered the holiday season. Yes. yes. How did the Banco Central in Philippines view the data? Well, the BSP said uh, the less pessimistic view was mainly because of expectations that there will be more jobs available that could provide a stable and higher source of income for more people. So it also contributed. Uh, uh, it also attributed you know, this um, this uh, less pessimistic view to other successful programs such as the social amelioration program, which is the Ayuda or the the help provided by the government mm-hmm. to a lot of a lot of Filipinos, uh, and then projects or programs like the plant 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 of the department of agriculture which helped uh in a way stabilize prices so Mm -hmm. these kinds of projects were viewed positively and contributed to the less pessimistic views of uh of the filipinos of course the less stringent quarantine restrictions toward the end of the year uh also improved filipinos yeah, but but there's also the bonuses. Yes, the of course. Yes, the thirteenth month pay, which is basically uh, the the bonus <laughs> for mm-hmm. for many Filipinos. And still, they were pessimistic. Many yes. people remain pessimistic. So yes. you talk to Anna Marie Caraos of the mm-hmm. John Carroll Institute on Church and Social Issues, mm-hmm. and she gave you a, a view of the year for for dr caraos no she said 2020 really highlighted the problems in the social protection system no mm-hmm. social protection system healthcare system and housing mm-hmm. she said um, with regard to the social protection system this could be traced to the lack of an updated database of the poor and vulnerable in the country. Because um, the, the, the government uses the National Housing Targeting System, the NHTS, which um, for the, to deliver the Pantawid ng Pamilya Filipino Program, which is the mm-hmm. 4Ps or the Conditional Cash Transfer Program of the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that database is not as reliable as as seen by the by the issues with uh, leakages, and that's why there are people like Arlene who were not covered by uh, who did not receive the social mm-hmm. amelioration uh, program or was not a recipient of the SAP, even if she was qualified. No, like like uh, like the indigenous people you you cited in the story. Yes, yes, yes. Um, for the primary healthcare, for for healthcare, um, Doctor Carlos hi- highlighted that uh, the quality of primary healthcare in the Philippines uh, remained poor. No, I think we saw that in another BL uh, brother look piece that we did earlier last year around april so um she she alluded to to those to those issues that were mentioned 
before. And then, um, with regard to housing, uh, as you know, a lot of people in the cities where, well, a lot where COVID has has been um, so prevalent. Also, the locations of very cramped housing facilities. Mm-hmm. So the this prevented uh, them from practicing social distancing that eventually led to more people getting infected with the virus. Yeah, you, you cited that housing is an issue during the last Yes, yeah. yes. Um, well, the Popcom, uh, si Dr. Perez, no, the executive director of Popcom. Population uh, Commission. Yes, the Population Commission. The Commission on Population and Development. Uh, cited data from the Philippine Statistics Authority which estimated that 3.785 million Filipinos or nearly a third of the population of Metro Manila lived in less than 20 square meter homes. Mm-hmm. So the size of these these homes adds to the to the fact that four or five family members have to share that small space. So it's difficult, very difficult for them to practice social distancing. And that makes it uh, also uh, a question of uh, how did government deliver the ayuda? Yes. yes. Ed, Ed Tadem was also cited as a, a source in your story, but he noted that, uh, in my view, there were already poor P- Filipinos before before the lockdown or before the pandemic. Can, mm-hmm. you, can mm-hmm. you cite? Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, Sister Ed said that uh, talagang the inequality in the Philippines has always been there. And with this pandemic, lalo lang na highlight. Mm-hmm. So he said 40% uh, in terms of, of I mean, one, one way to 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 see the the inequality during the pandemic is that 40% of the labor force uh, has resorted to taking on part-time work while 30.7% of Filipinos experienced hunger last year so these are the the the, the tangible um, uh, ex, uh, the tangible the concrete Oh yeah, the tangible elements of that inequality. Mm-hmm. Also, many micro, small, and medium-scale industries have also decided to close mm-hmm. um, during in, in their study. No, many communities experienced the lack of ayuda. Uh, mm-hmm. Example is the the people from Baisa Homeowners Association, and then also uh, the indigenous peoples in Porak, Pampanga. Mm-hmm. No. They did receive ayuda, but it was not enough. So, for those in, for the indigenous uh, peoples in Porak, Pampanga, they received packages, food packages, only good for 20 families. Mm-hmm. But there were 250 families in that area. So, imagine that they they just they just decided to pull together what what they received and you know shared it with everybody because it's very impossible to just allow 20 people to to get ayuda or mm. to get the help 
which yeah. is interesting which is interesting because uh, it's it's kind of the parable of the multiplication of bread yes in in, in the, to be uh, what religious about it religious about it yeah yeah, yeah. actually they had they they had photos uh, in the in a press conference of how the Aita community shared the the ayuda with everybody and they they cooked the food together so that everybody will be able to partake of whatever it is that they received yeah and but still you noted in your story that filipinos remain a happy people yes yes that's true um based on the asian development bank's uh, report the philippines is part of the top 10 happiest among developing economies in the region so according to former National Statistical Coordination Board Secretary General Romulo Virola, Filipinos' happiness comes from various, uh, from a lot of sources, uh, community participation and volunteer work, uh, cultural activities, education, family, health, income and financial security, leisure and sports, religion, and many others. Mm-hmm. And what's the source of that happiness? Well, the the experts believe that family is the primary source of happiness of Filipinos. So the University of the Philippines Manila Department of uh, Behavioral Sciences Assistant Professor Andrea Martinez said this is because it stems from something that is intrinsic in the Filipino value system, the sense of kapwa or shared identity. So. She said, material wealth is only secondary to Filipinos' happiness and that family is the driving force behind the success of every Pinoy. Mm -hmm. Unlike Westerners, uh, she said, who are individualists, Filipinos are collectivists. And Mm -hmm. this defines how we respond to our challenges in life. Yeah, like like, uh, indigenous people in Pora. They they considered it... uh... They consider the whole community as their family. That's why, yes, yes. That's why. Maybe that's why they shared uh, what what little they accepted or received from the government. Yes. Uh, even the community in Baisa, mm-hmm. uh, the homeowners association, um, of course, they received ayuda from the government. But in their community, there were a lot of renters. Mm-hmm. So they had to dig into their pockets uh, as an association, a homeowners association, and also gave help to the renters who were not uh, qualified to receive any ayuda. So they, of course, um, they they had that shared uh, experience of not being able to go to work because there was no work. Mm-hmm. And they all had to stay home. So that was what the community, uh, the homeowners association did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interestingly, you talked to Professor Andrea Martinez. And there's a good catchphrase she said eh, that the family is happy pill. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, she said, no, the, the Filipino, the family is Filipino's happy pill, no? In the context of the pandemic, for instance, this is what she said at quoting. Um, in the context of the pandemic, for instance, the family plays a crucial role on how people can navigate the challenges and the stressors of 
probably their their life. No? If the government will do any intervention, she said, it should be directed to the family unit. And according to Maria Oplas, family needs come first. No? Yes, yes. Um, see, Professor Oplas said, um, this is this is why Filipinos would go to great lengths just to provide and make their families happy and content. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said this has become evident in this pandemic when many Filipinos who lost their jobs turned to online selling or took on odd jobs just to get by. Mm-hmm. Maraming, there were a lot of Filipinos who had to find other ways to earn just so they can provide for their family and uh, continue receiving that or getting that happy pill mm-hmm. in their life. But there's a caveat according to uh, Albert. Yes. According to Dr. Jose Ramon Albert, family can also be a source of difficulty. This is especially evident when the term resilience, he said, is abused. There are times, he said, that politicians manage to use Filipinos' resilience or for political gain. Mm-hmm. He said this highlights the need for Filipinos to hone their analytical thinking, which, quote unquote, uh, which open quote, can help harness family relations or cope with difficulties caused by family, close quote. Mm-hmm. He also said uh, that, uh, and I quote, that hope should be born from actions that will make us better persons tomorrow and that tomorrow starts today. Of course, a family lacking material wherewithal to meet their basic needs would, would slide to unhappiness. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, this is why Dr. Alvin Ang of the Ateneo Center for Economic Research and Development said the government still needs to exert more effort in boosting confidence on the economy. This, he said, is the only way for the economy to recover and uh, for it to be able to provide jobs to millions of Filipinos who became jobless last year. Mm-hmm. So he, he added that uh, the government can do this by spending. No, uh, His quote was spend, spend, spend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also for the government to work with the private sector. Yeah. So this can be done, he said, uh, through public-private partnerships, uh, especially in undertaking infrastructure pro- projects. Um, that would be the primary example of that partnership. Uh, still, there's the virus. Yes. That's why Professor Opla said the government still needs to secure vaccines and gradually, but safely, lift quarantine restrictions. Mm-hmm. So doing, the government will be able to allow more businesses to reopen and employees to go back to work. Mm-hmm. She said this may be too simple a solution, but many people can relate to this. Um, being able to provide for their families is something that will make them happy. Yeah, so, source of pride for many yeah, Filipinos. Definitely. She said, um, and I would like to quote her now, now more than any time before, uh, I, Anto, uh, I quote from the story. Sorry, mm-hmm. now more than any time before, Opla said she's happier just to see that they have survived as a family. They don't have to be filthy rich as long as they are still getting the basics. She's happy. Yes. 
So we tackled the family. Where's the faith that we said also fortifies the Filipino against the pandemic? Yeah. Um, basically, let we have to go back to Arlene. Uh, for Arlene, it's really her faith that makes her hopeful about her situation. There are many worries on her mind, uh, like her Meralco and uti- other utility bills, her rent and other loans they took. That they took out just to survive 2020. But she said God gave her a patient landlord, a kind neighbor, and family who offered to help them in these trying times. So she she still believes. She even believes her new job is a blessing from God. She simply said that nothing is is impossible with God. And with that, uh, we can say that 2020 has been a very challenging year yes <laughs> to have or is that an understatement but Filipinos uh, like you and I and uh, many of compatriots still find happiness whatever in their faith in their material being but in their family yes okay thank, thank you Kai for walking us through your very informative story very Thank you. inspiring uh, this is Denises uh, Topase and hopefully we gave a good view of the broader look of the business mirror Thank you for listening to the Business Mirror Podcast for a broader look on business. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Business Mirror. Until next time.